Intimacy coach Samantha Manofsky is passionate about bringing people together through self-awareness practices that empower you to authentically express yourself. When I teach about intimacy, I teach about the level of authenticity that people are able to meet themselves in and express from. Sam teaches her clients the power of vulnerability and self-acceptance, educating people on how to better understand each other while bridging the gaps of communication in relationships. What shifted for me was instead of looking at that person as being the problem, I looked at that person as being the gift and then we come together and we're like, cool, this is what you are revealing to me about myself. I'm here now able to learn to love myself even more and accept this part of myself. With a mission to change the world and the way we relate by supporting people to create balance and integration from within, Sam envisions the ripple effects of her work for generations to come. Men connect through sex and women connect through feelings and emotions and talking and quality time. If a man hasn't had sex in the relationship for a long period of time, he's going to feel disconnected. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, thank you for tuning in. Samantha, great to have you here. And your social media spiked my curiosity. You talk a lot about intimacy, the importance of intimacy, understanding intimacy in relationships, what it really means. And my first question to you is, can you bring me back to a time where you were lacking intimacy in your life and how did that influence the type of relationships in your life at the time? Mm, I love this question. Thank you. So initially when you ask me this, the first thing that comes to mind is what's really important is to define intimacy. So I'm curious, I know you're interviewing me, but I'm curious, what is your perception of intimacy? It's a deep level connection between a man and woman let's say in a relationship it's not there's no judgment it's open it's honest it's feeling each other's energies and almost being at one with each other if that sort of makes sense if you asked me that a year ago I would have had a completely different answer I've uh, what would you I would have said that uh, intimacy is is uh, good sex, <laughs> which is probably what yeah. most people understand it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Definitely. So many people come to me and they're like, um, we're not having enough sex in our relationship. Can you help us? I'm like, yeah. Um, I'm not going to teach you how to have great sex. <laughs> so intimacy is all those things. Um, I like to think of intimacy in four domains physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, um, or experiential. So five and the experiential is like creating experiences with each other. So yeah, when I teach about intimacy, I teach about 
um, the level of authenticity that people are able to meet themselves in and express from. And when I reflect on my past relationships and I look back at who I was back then, I was faking it, not only in the bedroom, I was faking it after the bedroom. And I was just so fearful of rejection. I was so fearful of, you know, my core wounding being abandonment. And I was so fearful of being um, wrong or I just didn't want to be imperfect. So I wasn't able to own my stuff. And I was in a very kind of like victim mindset, blaming my partner for the way I was feeling and how dissatisfied I was, was how dissatisfied I was in the relationship. I spent a lot of time deflecting, dissociated, disconnected from my body, living up in my head, making up stories and in a fight fuck cycle. I don't know if we can swear on here, but like just looping around in a relationship. It wasn't just one, there was multiple relationships where I would find myself sometimes even creating drama because I was bored and I didn't have the level of awareness within myself to communicate what was truthfully going on for me. And so this journey of intimacy, you know, what I like to use is this, it's a cliche for people in the industry, but for those who are, you know, not in the industry, there's this thing that we say, and that is into me, I see intimacy. And I believe that we cannot have true intimacy in relationships if we cannot meet ourselves in the depths of ourselves. Um, yeah, I think that answers your question. So comparatively of what I experienced back then to what I'm experiencing now is I'm experiencing truth and authenticity in relationships, like radical honesty, like not sweeping anything under the carpet, not even allowing any kind of space or opportunity for resentment to pe- like build up and intimacy isn't just something that I experience in romantic relationships it's something that I experience in friendships with my clients with my family with strangers with you right now you know like as we progress and as this conversation deepens we're going to develop some level of intimacy in the way that we exchange with each other hmm. yeah that's the no judgment part isn't it is that the big barrier? Yeah. Yeah. Big, big one. Not judging yourself and not judging the other person for sure. Yeah. How did you begin to move beyond that? Like what, what how did that journey evolve for you? So you, you've been in obviously relationships in the past, dissatisfied and obviously not being met uh, at a deeper level in terms of your, of your own intimate needs. So where did you go from there? Hmm. So I experienced one of those love stories. Like I had this incredible love. It was my great love. And no matter how much we were able to meet in love, we had all of this trauma and all of these projections and all of these judgments and assumptions that we made of each other that led to a breakup. And so from there I was like, I had already started investigating our triggers. I was already doing self-development like when I first met him, I was into it. Um, but I didn't like what I recognized with the self-development 
industry is that there wasn't I couldn't find anyone teaching relationship skills and how to actually there's more of that now and there's so much great content out there and like so many incredible incredible teachers that are kind of like hidden and people sort of like look at those books and they're just like "Mm, I'm not quite sure about that like but I read them and I was like whoa okay so now I understand what what was going on between my ex-partner and I and it was a lot of assumption, a lot of judgment, and a lot of, you know, dis- deception within ourselves. So I started to look at the places where I was placing blame on him for my experience and placing responsibility on him for my experience. And then I looked at how I did this in every other relationship I've ever been in. And then I looked at how I did this in every other relationship in my life. And it was such a sobering moment for me to learn that holy crap like I'm responsible for the I'm partly responsible because it takes two to tango for the way that these relationships are evolving and I took I don't want to say I took back the control because it's not about that it was more about like expanding my awareness to myself and learning how to communicate what my experience was and 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 meeting myself in that and understanding that my experience is personal to me and it's not personal to the person who I'm experiencing it with. That's essentially just triggering something within me that's reflecting to me something that I need to look at within myself. And when what shifted for me was instead of looking at that person as being the problem, I looked at that person as being the gift. And then we come together and we're like, cool, this is what you are revealing to me about myself. I'm here now able to learn to love myself even more and accept this part of myself because you're, you know, for example, I might've seen this person as being selfish. And so what part of me do I judge for being selfish? And therefore I'm judging them for being selfish. So Am I making sense? Is that like, it's like mm-hmm. the, the mirror, you know, I feel like our relationships reflect back to us. And when I started to see the patterns, when I started to see how this was impacting the quality of my relationships, when I started to dissolve that judgment, I just started running with that. I was like, well, I'm, you know, this is, this is something to look at. And then of course I, I, I met my mentor and that just completely like, push me into this deeper and greater awareness of of all these things. Did that answer your question? I do that sometimes. I can't. No, no, that's good. That's good. No, <laughs> we love tangents here. It's all good. It's all relevant. Right. Thank you for that. <laughs> the uh, Yes, so you're, you're turning it towards yourself ultimately. And I, I obviously work with a lot of men who go through breakups in their relationships and they come to me and they're distraught. The woman's left them. They're on their own. And they have this incredible pain. And my response, my almost immediate response is, this has nothing to do with her. This is everything to do with you. It's your pain. And that pain is linked to an underlying experience or experiences in your past that you've not yet addressed. It's like what you mentioned there earlier about being provoked by someone else's behaviors or words. That's not on them that's on you that's bringing something up for you to look at address and perhaps heal certainly mm-hmm. heal so you've been given a gift when you've gone through a breakup and 
I say to the guys, look, it's probably the best things ever happened to you because now you have space, energy, opportunity to be on your own and figure out how these patterns continue to evolve in your life, going from breakup to breakup, woman to woman, and never fully satisfied. So breaking that pattern is, is extremely important and it starts with you. And I've been through those type of experiences in my own life. I had serious attachment issues, had many wounds from my own childhood, and thankfully I've healed a lot from those. But I still feel that there's more to be discovered within me. So I'm, I'm talking now about people who have sort of gone on this path of personal growth, healing, and yeah, are, are a lot more peaceful within. But the intimacy part is probably the biggest struggle for anyone who's gone through this process of healing because it's almost like you're letting go of that final bit of shame or the fear of judgment and to allow yourself to completely go all in with someone in your life. I think there's still, even though they've done so much work on themselves, there's still a huge barrier there to going all in with, with somebody in your life. Have you experienced that or how can they begin to navigate it? Is it a matter of, of course, you attract some someone, somebody similar into your life based on your own energy, based on your own behaviors and based on whatever you're putting out there, you're going to attract into your life. And if they're still attracting those wrong type of women that are not open and honest and non-judgmental, is that a signal that there's more work to be done on them? Or is it something within them again that's creating the barrier to go all in with this person? That's a very loaded question, but... I'm such a Libra, so I'm going to give you like both sides. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Because I like to look at things from all sides. You know, I think that like sometimes we can... Relationships are not black and white. And they're so... Uh, like circumstantial and they're so intricate and every single relationship is different and every combination of people is going to invoke a different trigger within, you know, every relationship is so different. On my journey, I experienced a reality check when I learned that I was emasculating men, not just men I was dating, but emasculating men in my life. And this was happening unconsciously was not aware I was doing it, um, which sucks. What, what 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 does that look like? Okay, give us an example. Um, there's so many. So emasculating would look like not trusting a man. So there was a time when I was in Bali with my ex boyfriend, and um, you know he was he was like I've got the maps, I've got it all sorted. You know we weren't we didn't have internet, so we were using these like offline maps. And I knew that he was going to get it wrong. And I was just like prepared for that because it had happened before. I didn't trust him. And then when he did get it wrong, I made him feel shit about it. I was like, yeah, this, this is, I knew I should have done this or I knew I should have done that. I knew you were going to get it wrong. I'm just putting him down. What I've learned about men is that you guys do a really good job of that, like on your own. You don't need your partner to, be rubbing salt in the wound you're already feeling shit and you know what I learned is that doing this sort of thing often enough 
tends to bring the worst out of a man because if I'm not trusting him, then he's developing the belief that he's shit, basically. And then you, what happens is for a man is that you start to lose inspiration to show up. So eventually you get to a point where you're like, I'm not even going to bother taking the lead because I can't get anything right anyway. And I'm never going to be able to satisfy her. And I'd rather avoid the rejection or the dissatisfaction or, you know, letting her down. I'd rather avoid that instead of taking the lead. But is that, that's, but is that work for the man to do or is that... Is that time to walk away or is that time to? Well, this is the thing, right? This I'll give you an example with some clients that I used because this is also something that I've noticed where women can sometimes hold the masculine pole and that's so fine. I'm, I believe that we have masculine feminine within us. Like everyone has masculine feminine within and they're just specific characteristics like yin and yang. They just represent different traits. Um, masculine tends to represent more male things like what the males do and female body people do and it's more feminine and whatever. Anyway, so I was teaching this client of mine about emasculation and his partner's quite masculine. She was quite like in her masculine and overlooking his shoulder. That's another thing that we do. And I've learned all of this from a book called um, The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong, but like overlooking a man's shoulder and like basically backseat driving him. So he was like, I'm going to prepare us some dinner. They were both doing my program. I'm going to prepare some dinner. And she was like, great. So she's like, are you going to make sure you've got this in there? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, can you make sure you got that in there? And he's like, yeah, 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 I know. She kept doing that. And he's like, stop emasculating me. Um, and then it turned into a shit fight. I was like, okay, I'm not teaching you these tools to weaponize them with each other. Because what's happening for her is that she's actually experiencing some lack of trust for the masculine in general. And you're representing that for her in that moment. So she's not speaking from her truth. She's speaking from her pain body. She's speaking from a trigger, trauma, past stuff. What do you think she needs to hear in that moment? Do you think she needs to hear that you're emasculating, that she's emasculating you? And so this is when healing is something that we do together in relationships. We can only get so far on our own. And so what I said to him is that what she needed to hear instead is, babe, we need you to trust me. I've got this. I know exactly what you want. Go and sit down, go and take a bath, go and relax. Like, and there's some things that you can, you can like, there's some tools that I like to teach, um, to help support women to enter their feminine and to relax their nervous system, to regenerate and replenish their hormones. Because if a woman's too polarized in her masculine, she'll have too much testosterone and cortisol, which will cause an imbalance in her estrogen, which then causes that overwhelmed stress, feeling overworked and like that snappy nitpicking behavior that comes up in relationships. Basically, she needs to go take a bath or go for a walk or call a friend to have a vent. These are some things that, that I teach. And yeah, and so in that situation, like these, that was what was needed, Yeah, you know? That's more, yeah. that's, that's the masculine way though, isn't it? In terms of not getting agitated or angry with her, but instead... Holding the center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holding center, yeah. Yeah, holding... And it's really hard. Holding her and, and expanding your capacity for that. But the thing is, and this is something that my mentor teaches, which is amazing, it's about like the masculine's ability to hold the like expanded capacity. 
and the feminine's ability to express emotion with purity so that when she's expressing her doubt or her insecurity or her pain or whatever she's experiencing, it's with full accountability and responsibility without placing blame on her partner. It's not using language like, you made me feel, you did this to me, it's your fault. It's like, whoa, I feel really disappointed right now or I feel really hurt. And then the masculine has the capacity to meet her in that and hold his center and just be with her and her emotion, not try and fix it, not try and do anything to change what she's experiencing, but just meet her in her emotion. And after she's had a vent and after she's just released it, she'll be fine. But while she's in it, she just needs to be witnessed. Yeah. Well, the, a lot of men take it personally, isn't it? It's never personal. It's never personal. No. And, and then you've if, got like if, you, if you're being provoked by her words or behaviors, then that's on you. That's on the man. Absolutely, yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. A man. So this is again what a man cannot be emasculated unless he agrees to be. Right. So yeah, I was emasculating my ex partners, and also they agreed to be. Yeah. But then what happens is that when a man chooses not to tolerate that kind of behavior and, and stand, stay in his center, it will trigger the, it will trigger a, a woman a lot, a lot. Cause we're not really like represented in, in pop culture, what it looks like to be empowered in relationships. We only see, we're only demonstrated disempowered relationships. We're demonstrated emasculation. Men are simple, men are stupid, men are all these things. And women are boss babes and, you know. Yeah, the women always have to have their shit together and the man's the one losing the plot. And yeah, we see the Homer Simpsons and we see the yeah. Ray Barones and everybody loves Raymond and mm. Daddy Pig and Peppa Pig, you know, so... Yeah, I've got serious issues with those. But so yeah, yeah, we were being programmed that that's the way things are are to be. That the that the man is powerless and useless and inadequate, inadequate, and the woman is the one that's always the strong uh, character in, in the relationships and, and keeps it together. And it's always the woman that's almost on a on a pedestal. And I think this is also relative to our own upbringing, where we put our mums on pedestals. And mm-hmm. we've replaced our mum with the next woman that comes into our adult relationship. Mm-hmm. And she's always right. I'm always wrong. She's better than me. And I'm lucky to have her in my life. Man, I'm punching above my weight. And you're compromising your own um, confidence and your own self-esteem and your own life and your own purpose just to just to have her in your life. Compromising your own feelings and your own wants and your own needs because you're afraid to express that in case she would reject that or reject you or resent you in some sort of way. So this is going back to the judgment part, which is, of course, mm. the work that man the man needs to do. So I think, mm. in a nutshell, a lot of men are just terrified of women. They don't want to look after their moms and their relationships. They don't want mummy. They don't like, but then, you know, a lot of women play that role because subconsciously they've attracted that, you know, like consciously you don't want that, but sub unconsciously we create, we recreate the things that we know that are familiar and that is something 
you know, our earlier relationships we were talking about. And yeah, usually when I see a man who tends to be avoidant of a woman and her emotions, I quickly learn most of the time that they have had a childhood where they've had to be the rock for their mothers who have leaned on them, you know, because they're, you know, the, the, the real issue is the father wound that women have the daddy issues, but the men have the daddy issues too. And it just comes out in a really different way. They're not present. They're not, you don't have your, you know, rites of passage. This is very generally speaking, guys. <laughs> it's a very blanket statement, but this is a theme that I keep seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And it, it all goes back to those early relationships that are influencing your present relationships. But mm. did we answer the question there? Did we just go off on a big tangent? Um, what was the question? It's all good. My question, <laughs> my question was the barrier towards intimacy, even though you've done all the personal work and you have uh, grown yeah. and progressed and healed, there's, mm. there's this, that it almost, it's almost like the final barrier. Yeah. Okay. So I just love sharing stories because I feel like that it, 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 we can talk about concepts and we can talk about ideas and all that, but like stories, just great. So I, I remember, um, at a time in my life, I was speaking to a man who was quite conscious and was able to meet me intellectually and have really deep conversations and had the self-awareness, had the tools, was in the same field as me. And it was the first time I had experienced this. And then I had this trip planned with this other guy who was incredible. We had a great connection and, you know, I barely knew him, but I'm just kind of like a sucker for love. And I was just like, yeah, let's just go on this little road trip. So we went on this road trip to this festival and this was the first like time we had been together. And within the first two hours of this road trip, I was like, I quickly learned, I was like, okay, I can only go so deep with this person because they've only gone so deep with themselves. And at the festival, I I realized that, that there was an incompatibility there and we spent, you know, a week together. I was like, okay, this is a lot to navigate. We'd, we'd been through days together and I knew, I just knew straight away that there was a lack of compatibility. And so for me, intimacy is about being, like I said, radically honest with myself and checking myself and not beating around the bush with myself and being like having some real talk, like Sam, this is, this is a no, you cannot continue to pursue this connection and leave this person on. So the discomfort doesn't go away, but my relationship to the uncomfortable relationship, but my relationship to the uncomfortable conversations has shifted. I used to be totally avoidant of having confrontational conversations. I have ghosted in the past. I've been just avoidant of that because it's just been so uncomfortable for me. And what I've learned is that the more I practice, the better I get at it. The discomfort is still there, but my relationship to the discomfort is what's shifted. So sat him down. I was like, you know, I'm not feeling it. This is why. And it, it kind of like, you know, it rocked him a little bit because 
he didn't have the tools to navigate the trigger and all that sort of stuff. So there was like holding there and like supporting him through that. And it actually um, turned out to be a really great story because through that experience, he was then inspired to go and do some deeper work on himself and work on his trauma. And, and he did do that and it's helped him in so many ways. Um, it was like a can of worms. It was like the ripple effect. And that like for me is when I teach, like when I work with my clients and they tell me that their kids are starting to mimic them and they're having like better, like that, that ripple effect, cause I am doing it for the kids, my own children and the generations that are to come. We, we are the, like our generation, I'm not sure how old you are, but like our generation, we're setting examples here. Like the work that we do within ourselves is going to have a huge ripple effect on humanity. Yeah. That's, uh... I know that's really deep. No, like, that's that's what I like. I like. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Not a question there. Did that answer the question? Did that answer the question? The barrier towards intimacy. So, okay, let's say you've gone. Let's say you've gone so far with your personal growth, and you you're, mm. you feel like you've healed so many of your underlying wounds, and the journey continues, and you're maybe continuing to meditate and journal and. Do all these good things, read the books and and uh, take on more opportunities. But there's still something there that is holding you back from going all in on a relationship. Like I, I'm sort of simplifying intimacy in terms of going all in. Okay, I see what you're asking. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Because my definition of intimacy is like the barrier of like being intimate with someone is like, you know, having that, that, that openness in the conversation. So you're talking about like the barrier of being in a committed yes. relationship. Yeah. Basically going all in. And I mean going all, all in. But that mm -hmm. still, I personally speaking, and also with a lot of men I work with and have gone through that process of healing and growth and progress, it's still a struggle to just completely open themselves up to a woman in their lives. As I said, it seems to be the final barrier towards whatever you want to call it, a fulfilling life, fulfilling, fulfilling relationship. So that's the question. How do you get beyond that barrier? Okay. Do you have a personal experience or anything that you feel to share? And if not, that's totally fine. Yeah. So let's go with, okay, let's go with this one. All right. So let's say you've done all the work. Well, you haven't done all the work. <laughs> Clearly, You've done as much work as you possibly can in your own mind in terms of I'm, I'm in a good place now. I'm a lot more, mm -hmm. I feel a lot more confident, a lot, lot happier in myself. I'm at peace with myself. And you know what? I'm ready to explore the the field of relationships and potentially meet a good woman mm -hmm. who's going to join me on this life. In the past, it would have been a feeling of needing the woman. Now it's a feeling of mm -hmm. wanting the woman. So you're making a conscious choice to bring someone into your life. So you are in control as such, as opposed to allowing the woman to take control and using her to feed you with love and attention and and compassion and all the rest. But you've already got that. But then you get into this, let's say, 
I know there's many different intimate scenarios, but let's say the scenario of in the bedroom, clothes are off, you're starting to make love, touching, feeling, kissing, all those type of things. And then in your own mind, you're still holding yourself back. Mm. You're still mm. in the mind of not being able to be completely present with that woman. And things start to go elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Over to you. Yeah, I love this. If you're a man who has done a lot of work and you are really in tune with yourself and you know what you want and you're calling in a woman who has integrity and is of high quality and you know, a woman that you're considering being with, chances are she's going to be highly in tune as well because that's what comes with doing the work. So when you're in the bedroom and you're having that deeply intimate physical expression of the feelings that you have for each other and you're not being totally present, she will feel that. She, we, we can feel it. It's so nuanced and it's so subtle. We can feel it. And there's something that I've learned is that it takes time for a man's heart to open. You know, like it takes time for a woman's body to open. It takes time for a man's heart to open. And I think what's really important is to not judge that. Cause I think we can often like judge the pace that we're moving at. Like, oh, you know, remembering that this is a tender place to be in, like opening up that space and opening ourselves up to, to love is really exposing. And it, it feels vulnerable and it feels scary and it can be quite terrifying for some people. And so moving at a pace that feels like edgy, but not stretching yourself to a point where you're overstepping your edge and you're entering a trauma zone, really giving yourself the patience to just cult, like burn slowly, you know, people move so quickly in relationships these days. Like you have sex within the first few dates and then you start planning a wedding and it's like, what happened to the first couple of years of getting to know each other before you even like think about even committing to life partnership? Like it takes time to actually get to know somebody let alone all the hormones that we experience in the first few months of a relationship and like, you know, lust and all of that. So the thing that I will say is that when, and this is hard, this is not easy work to do, right? But the challenge that I would set to, to a man who's in that position is like, instead of running away from that feeling that you're getting, like that overwhelm and that like, holy shit, what am I doing? Staying present with that experience and being authentic with yourself about it and even being vulnerable with your partner and saying, hey, I've noticed that I have this coming up for me right now. It has nothing to do with you, but you might be feeling this distance. You might be feeling me pull away. You might be feeling this spaciousness. Communicating that is going to create deeper intimacy and safety in the relationship because she can feel it. And then what happened is, what I've observed is that men tend to pull away and create space because you need time and space to process things. And sometimes that takes a couple of days. And when that hasn't been communicated, 
what she's doing is filling in the gaps with stories from her past of rejection and, and abandonment. And then her heart closes and you come back and you're like, I'm ready to love on you again. And she's like, where the fuck have you been for the last two days? I'm not ready to open up. Mm. Yeah. So that's to communicate. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I need space. I need a couple of days. Yeah. Don't take communicate. Don't take it personally and also be patient with yourself. Don't push yourself. Like just be aware that this is normal. It's normal for you to feel scared to enter an intimate relationship. And it's normal for you to drop presence sometimes. It's just like, what do you do with that? You know, like, do you yeah. choose to run and repeat the pattern or do you choose to lean in and create a new story for yourself? Yes. Slow the fuck down. The... But the big thing is, I think it's, has it almost become a societal expectation that sex, as you mentioned, sex should happen within the first couple of dates. And mm -hmm. again, it's, I can speak for men as well, that it's an underlying expectation on us men to have sex with a woman within a certain period of time. So in our own minds, we're thinking, yeah, well, we've gone on three, four dates, we've been mm -hmm. talking or meeting for the last month, you know, it's probably time to have sex now, but it's, but it's an underlying expectation that we have that we need to go there whilst deep down, we're not ready yet. As you said, it takes time for that heart to open up and that's very beautiful, beautifully put. I've not heard that before. I've heard about the, about taking your time with a woman because she is, what was the analogy? She's like a, a flower. You have to open her up. Softly and gently and patiently over time. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you bringing in that, the, the, the man's perspective on that. So, which is important. Yeah. So it's, it, I worked, it, it's not like that, yeah. I worked exclusively with men several years ago and I did some research. Um, look, it was like Facebook, but I had like hundreds of comments and I asked the question, what is like, how, what's a, what's a, what's your average number of dates within like, the question was about, um, how soon do you have sex? And the average answer was three, three dates. And that was mostly from men, which I found really interesting. Cause three dates is not a very long time, mm -hmm. but also the read, do you want to know the reason why the main reason why? Go on. To check sexual compatibility. Because what's the point of investing in more if the sexual compatibility is not there? Or is that just a way to justify a reason to have sex with a woman? You've just barely know. Is it an, is it an underlying? Yeah. It was actually Tyron. I know you know Tyron. I Tyron my podcast there a while ago, and he was he talked about this, but he talked about sex being for a man that sex is the only way to be intimate with a woman from a man's perspective. I think that's what he said. Something around there. Anyway, that, that, that intimacy mm -hmm. for men equals sex. So yeah. you could still be intimate with this woman that you've gone on three dates with without having sex with her. You could still go to the bedroom and just lie there with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, you could still hold each other. You can still uh experience intimacy mm. through other avenues it doesn't have like it doesn't have to mean sex and yeah i think that's the big thing i think it's connection 
you know, like I would use the word connection to describe. So men connect through sex and women connect through feelings and emotions and talking and quality time. If a man hasn't had sex in the relationship for a long period of time, he's going to feel disconnected. Mm. Or he hasn't had like sex in the relationship yet, he's going to feel disconnected. Um, well, it's a way of creating connection. Yeah. Biologically, that's how you're designed. You're designed to procreate, mm. you know, and like that is the way that men need to create connection and bond in the relationship. But that connection can be harnessed in other ways. Well, intimacy is different to connection. Yeah. Okay. They're in the same umbrella, but like creating intimacy can be created in multiple different ways. Creating connection and that bond and having that connection with somebody is through sex for men. Um, so I agree with what Tyron's saying, but I think that like, yeah, this is where the definition of intimacy comes into play. And that's, like, people have different definitions and understandings and mean different things with that word. Mm -hmm. What's it, your experience? It, what do you think? It's subjective though, is it? The definition so, of intimacy. It seems to be, yeah. Yeah. Intimacy to me yeah. is fucking as simple as eye contact with somebody that you're speaking to. Mm. Yeah. That's 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 where it begins for me personally. Presence. Yes. Yeah. Presence, yeah. Eye contact. Embodied so presence. For, yeah. And then intimacy are the light touches. Intimacy's intimacy intimacy is the the subtle smiles, the glances. I'm I'm talking about like very early stages of uh, of a relationship or haven't been with a woman. Mm. Intimacy is uh, it's it, it is the touch and the feel. It's the eye contact. It's uh, again being present, being fully present with somebody. Mm. It's like I'm here with you, and I would not want to be anywhere else but right here with you right now. And you can feel that. Mm. Feel it. And that. And what? Yeah. Go on. What I really love about what you just said is that there's something that I think is really powerful that men do is attunement. You know, when you can attune yourself to some somebody that you're with through those ways that you just express, like eye contact and noticing the subtle smiles and just the subtleties, that level of attunement is going to expand the intimacy that's being exchanged and experienced. And if a man can master attunement, oh my God, like if you can meet a woman in her needs before she's even thought about what she needs, that is like, you're going to create some kind of magic in that relationship. Yeah. 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 The sex is going to be unbelievable compared to just some oh. sort of rushed process. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So much better. Like it's, it's wild. It's wild because like. The thing is, for, for me, in my experience, I had no idea what was possible in the bedroom until I started learning these different ways of being in a relationship and being connected. And that just like enhances the pleasure and it no longer becomes about the goal. It's like, how much can we like create? It becomes a work of art. Yeah. Sex becomes work of art. Yeah. Yeah. Because pen pen penetration is not that important for women. As it is to, as it is for men, am I right? 
Um, to define that penetration, like physically painful. I mean, that's, like, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I'm going back to the scenario of slowing things down and the man mm. feeling the expectation, some sort of expectation from within that the woman wants sexual intercourse. Whereas if it didn't happen, she'd be very happy just to lie there and be present with you and touch, feel, kiss, all those kind of things. You know what I mean? What I love to tell men is try and see how much you can tease and tantalize her and make her beg for it. You know, like, uh, and that sounds really, but I mean it like, yeah. <laughs> like really, exp like John Mayer, your body is a wonderland, like explore her body and her erogenous zones and just that attunement, you know, like really tuning into what each touch and how light you touch and how much pressure you put on and what, you know, where you touch and how slow you can go and really explore the edges of her body and the pleasure that you can cultivate. Like, has she got goosebumps? Are her nipples erect? You know, all these little signals and signs to, is she quivering? Like, that? how's her breath? Like, paying attention to these details. And you're, when you can cultivate that much eros in the female body, it, becomes like this circulatory exchange in, in the synergy. It's something that's also almost words are so limiting to express and explain the experience that you can create and cultivate with the partner in the bedroom when you are working with this energy and working with the subtleties and the nuances. Because when the penetration does finally happen, there's so much more pleasure for for you guys to experience as well because you start to it's almost like that scene in avatar you start to become in sync and mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's like a full body experience versus just genitals mm -hmm. yes yeah very good i'm yes. psyched i'm psyched so <laughs> can you well, i can love you... talking about sex yeah and no, that's all good yeah we need more conversations like this for sure and yeah. uh, yeah fuck shit up literally um the uh the art of intimacy it's uh it's a program you run can you tell us what that involves or at least yeah. give us a bit of a, an insight as to as to what the art of intimacy actually means or looks like oh great thank you so the art of intimacy is an eight-week online journey for couples and I teach foundational skills on, and tools on how to create more pleasure and more play in the relationship. By teaching couples that prioritizing your relationship is what is going to enhance the pleasure and play. And so there's like practices and tools and um, teachings and learnings that I'll be taking people through and each week there'll be a different theme a different practice I'm very experiential like I like to teach through the practical and the the sensory experience because um, we can sit here and teach about all the theory and, and whatnot and I do have programs for that as well which helps but yeah getting people into their bodies and out of their heads okay 
Is that done through breathing exercises or something else? Well, so many different exercises. Not so much breathing. Like, yeah, there are breathing exercises that will be. Dancing, yeah. Um, yeah, ex- like there's erotic touch. There's how to create more play. So we'll be talking about like creating more adventure in the relationship and what that looks like. I'll be talking about the art of communication, mm-hmm. um, sen- mindful sensuality. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. There's a lot so, of things. Yeah. And then are you basing your course or the modules or your direction based on the type of feedback that you are receiving from these couples yeah and then so yeah. so is is there like a a common denom- denominator that that runs through these couples that is quite prevalent yeah so this is like yeah the program's been created yeah so the 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 modules are pre mm-hmm. like i've already got the the weekly things that we'll be doing and of course like through the coaching sessions there'll be things that come up that are present and alive um but yeah it's not only um what i've learned from couples that i've worked with and what's missing and lacking in their relationship it's also tools that um have helped me and my experience and so many other people. So it's like a curation of what's already out there and what exists in terms of what we can teach and learn around creating more of an intimate environment and atmosphere in the relationship, as well as like curating some of the solutions to the problems that I've witnessed. It's yeah. about, it, intimacy is about creating a, a type of energy. That'd be right. Between two people or cultivating a type of energy. Again, you can use connection again, but... You talk about mm-hmm. environment, or you talk about space, or you talk about uh, communication. Is it? Well, yeah. The art of intimacy. I mean, like it's an art. Into me, I see. You know, so it's about the relationship you have with yourself, and when two people are really focusing on the relationship that they have with themselves, that yeah, it's about being embodied. That's what I feel like it is. Intimacy is about being embodied. It's about being with yourself and bringing that presence into the relationship and the attunement. So, okay, yeah, that's what I see it as. Yeah, I get it. And that's an art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like with erotic touch, for example, like exploring that with your partner, you have to really know what you like. You have to really know what that feels like in your body and if you don't even know where to look because you've not even been guided within yourself because you've watched porn or you've been taught at school that to be ashamed of feeling pleasure or whatever your journey's been where you've not even felt the desire to explore, like where do you know to begin? A lot of people don't. A lot of people live up here in their heads and they're just like, I don't know, erotic touch. I'm just going to touch my pussy on my cock. That's erotic that that's not that's yeah so much more idea yeah. yeah 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 restricted yeah mm. so kind of going back to a question I asked earlier about a man who's gone through that process of growth and healing and is in a good place in his life but is in a relationship with a woman who hasn't gone through the same process of healing or growth when is the time to walk away well yeah 
So one thing that I think is really important when it comes to relationships and compatibility is to really get clear on values. And if one person values growth and the other person doesn't, then you have to get really honest with yourself on whether or not that's something that you're willing to compromise or not. So for me, for example, like growth is a non-negotiable high priority standard that I have. And so if I'm dating somebody who doesn't have that shared value, then it's a, it's a deal breakup. It's a non-negotiable. Joke. Yes. Yeah. So some, like I would say it's very unique to the person who is experiencing this. What do, And then also checking in the other thing I would say is like, what are your long-term goals? So you want to check that your your long-term goals are to continue down this path of growth and this is where you see your future and this is what you see for yourself and your partner doesn't prioritize this and hasn't, there's no, she may not value it now and if she doesn't even value it for the future, then like that's the answer that you need, right? Yeah, that's a Choosing that for yourself. Yeah, but self-choosing is so hard in a relationship when you love somebody, but love sometimes isn't enough. Like, we're talking about life partnership here. We're talking about somebody that you're going to journey with. It's really important to choose yourself in a non-narcissistic way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, narcissism. Oh, that's for another. That's for another day. We'll go into that in the next yeah. conversation. Yes, uh, that's a whole other minefield. Uh, mm-hmm. But Samantha, that this has been uh, an incredibly inspiring, insightful, and yeah, incredible conversation. So for anyone listening to this podcast, where can they find you, reach out to you, potentially get to work with you? Uh, let us know. Cool. So Instagram, Samantha underscore wondering love. It's W-A-N-D. Um, yeah. Or Facebook. Cool. Samantha Winovsky. Yeah. So, yeah. Great content there. So go and check it out. And uh, thank you once again for thank opening us up to me. the art of intimacy. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a fun chat. Nice one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.